Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. I've been a cop for 27 years. I like to say I got a backstage pass to life. Well, guess what? I got some tickets for you. So come on in, pull up a chair, turn up that volume, and let's go. Chasing Justice is on. So again, I want to start out by saying thank you all for being there. I appreciate all those comments and those reach outs. It feels like we're connected. And I think that's what's important. And really, that's what America Out Loud is all about, isn't it? If you listen to the great Malcolm Out Loud and you listen to his his underline about what America Out Loud, it's about free speech. It's about speaking. It's about having your voice heard. And I find that to be not only refreshing and nice, but the reality is we need more of that. So I guess we have to look at the uh, Twitter, right? The Twitter situation. Here we have uh, Elon Musk finally goes through and and, uh, buys Twitter. Now he's in charge, and apparently he's purging people out of there, which he should. He fired the the CEO. I heard some unbelievable commentary by the CEO in a meeting, I guess he was having, it was recorded, about why, well, free speech is, is good, but we really have to monitor what people say and control the conversation. That was the gist of what the guy said. Think about that for a minute. Yeah, free speech is good, but we have to control the conversation and who gets to speak and who gets to talk and what ideas and and concepts are allowed to go out to the public. So you got to ask yourself, we we look at that, we, we see advertising and, you know, we talk about negative ads in elections Every election cycle. Everybody wants to stop with the, the negative ads, stop with the... But actually, the reality is negative ads work. And that's why people do them. For me, I got to tell you, I'm not influenced by negative ads. I, or positive ads. Because I, I think about the issue. And I think about what the person who's running is going to be doing. Do you get influenced? If you are a... A, a liberal Democrat, and you believe in high taxes, high government regulation, the government in every part of your life telling you what to do, cutting off your free speech or free speech of people you don't like. If you believe all those kind of things, and now you see a really great ad by a conservative Republican, are you going to go, wow, you know what? That guy or that girl makes a lot of sense. I think I'll vote for them instead. No. I think that doesn't really happen. And for the people that it does happen to, I guess there's two ways to look at that. Either they're open-minded and they're listening to the information in the ad and they're starting to compare, gee, $6 gallon of gas or $2 gallon of gas. What's better for me? Now, we've gone over this a hundred times. How can you not see that? And make a decision that, well, I don't know where I stand, but my family can't afford to eat. So whatever Joe Biden and his uh, his people are thinking about, they did the wrong thing because everything is upside down and backwards. The country's not safer. The country's more expensive. The country has not been brought together like he was going to do. People are at each other's throats. So their policies are not working. We got to get rid of them. And I've always said that I do have a philosophy. I do have a a way of looking at things. But if somebody was, if a Republican, and I'm a more conservative kind of guy, I think that's pretty clear. 
I believe in God, America, family, doing the right thing, rule of law, constitution, all of those things I, I think are important to keep in the forefront of our lives, and that helps us to be our best selves, right, with freedom. But I look at this and I say, if Republican policies drove us into the ground the way a lot of our friends on the left claim they do, although it never actually works out that way, uh, Rinaldus Magnus, Ronald Reagan, uh, he came on after Jimmy Carter drove us into the ground with his liberal policies. And Reagan turned it around and we had the biggest sustained economic boom that we've seen in centuries. And as things got good, people said, hey, everything's good. We're fat and happy. We can be more liberal now. Let's do more liberal things. And we lost, our, we lost track of things. And we went through some liberal policies leading us finally to uh, Joe Biden. Now, prior to Joe Biden, we had Donald Trump. Now, Donald Trump, his policies made the country better. For who? For Americans, for people who live here. That's who it was better for, for actual citizens. And he lost the election in, in, uh, in 2020. And you can argue about what happened there. I think there's a legitimate argument to look at what happened during that election. It is what it is. You know, Biden is the president and we have to move on from it. Is there anything we can learn from that 2020 election to make it more transparent, to make people have more confidence in elections? There's tons of things. Have we done them? For the most part, we have not. Why? And we talked about this in another episode. Who benefits from a cloudy, non-transparent, no rules uh, election system? Well, people who would cheat. That's who benefits from that. Why else would they do that? We, we, I did a whole conversation about how the whole idea of having uh, voter, voter um, identification is not racist, it's not hateful, it's not this and that. You have to have a driver's license, right? You have to have all that stuff to get on an airplane. You have to do that to get anywhere. You have to have ID. So, you know, the whole idea that our, our, our minority communities in America, our brothers and sisters, Americans... They, they, it's, it's, it's horrible for them to have an ID to vote, but we don't worry about them having a vote to do any, an ID to do anything else that they need to do. See, because none of that is real. That's an argument to keep the, uh, keep the chaos so that people can do things wrong. They can sneak it in. They can cheat, right? So that's the whole idea. When I see this, this free speech uh, being attacked over and over and, and Elon Musk taking over Twitter, I think that's good. I jumped back up on Twitter. I actually, I, I shut it off. I, you know, I had an account and I was being shadow banned. There's no doubt about it. I would go from 10,000 followers. Uh, then I would be on somebody's uh, podcast or uh, I'd be involved in something where it had a little high profile to it. You know, they had, they had lots more followers than I did. And I was on their site and they were promoting, you know, uh, either this radio show or the articles I write or the classes I do, whatever. And you would expect there would be an increase in followers. Instead, there would be a decrease or it would just stay static. And that's impossible. You know, that's impossible. So I knew I was being shadow banned. I was losing probably 50 followers a week. You know, I would go up, I'd get a burst, and then all of a sudden I would lose. And that's ridiculous. You know, that's not how these kind of things work. So I got back on. I got back on Twitter because Musk is there now. 
and apparently he's going to try to do the right thing. So uh, my Twitter is now at LT Joseph Pangaro, at Lieutenant Joseph Pangaro. So if you want to join me, you want to tweet to me, you want to talk to me, whatever, that would be great, at Lieutenant LT Joseph Pangaro. So is this really going to change anything? We see our friends on the left losing their mind that free speech will be restored. You know, how was it they, they were showing that, and I don't know if it was Google, I think it's Google, that these politicians are sending out emails to their constituents. That's what they do. They, that's the way we communicate now. We email to each other. Uh, it's actually one of the biggest advertising ways to do things now is to email. So these people are emailing to their constituents and they're finding that when it's a conservative politician, only 10 to 15% of the emails are getting through. The rest are getting blocked. But that's not happening to politicians who are on the left, to, to liberals, uh, progressives. They're not being blocked. Their emails are getting through. Is that a coincidence? How does Google know unless they know about my content, right? How would they know to block my emails and not the guy down the street? And that's setting the table in the wrong way. And this is why, and, and you all know this, you're all smart people out there. This is why nobody has confidence in the media or politicians or any of the institutions that made us great because they're all uh, corrupted. And we've talked about that for a thousand years. All right, so where do I want to go? Here, do I, here I have, here I have in front of me my pages of outrages, uh, of things that are just law enforcement-based, politics-based, lifestyle-based, all these things that are going on. One of the guys that I like, uh, who is it that I like? And, and why, why do I like them? Uh, not because they're anti anybody, but because they're for certain things. This, uh, this Carrie Lake in Arizona, I'm telling you, I don't know how if you had an open mind, you could sit and listen to her and not come across being extremely impressed with this woman. You know, I, keep, I, I told everybody here, I told Miss Kathy, I said, you might be looking at the first uh, female American president. Uh, this Carrie Lake, she is dynamic, she's powerful, she's strong, she's smart, she's attractive, and she has great ideas for policy. Now, people can argue and say, her policies would ruin our country, her, her policies would, would kill us all. No, they wouldn't. One only has to be honest and look at the policies of conservative leaders and see how they work out. You know, look at um, Ronald Reagan. How did his policies work out? Great. Oh, it's trickled down from nobody. No, that's how things work. You know, uh, when rich people have money, they buy things and do things, and that employs people. You know, when I was younger, I had a landscape business, and I didn't work for the people that lived next to me. They couldn't afford uh, 25 bucks a week for me to cut their grass. I worked for people on the other end of town who had big old houses, who had big old cars, who had big old jobs. And they would pay me $25, $35 to cut their grass. And then $200 to plant a tree. And they made a business for me. Right? Not the people that were in my income bracket. They couldn't afford to have me. They cut their own grass. It was people that had money. Now, when I started that business, cutting grass, because it was a skill set that I knew. I had done it when I was younger. I went out and bought a brand new lawnmower. Not one of these house lawnmowers. One of them 36-inch uh, big giant things. At the time, that was like 3000 bucks. But I bought it, and who did that help? 
that helped all the other people out there who build the lawnmowers, right? Then I had to have it worked on. That helped mechanics who fixed it. I bought blades from people who made lawnmower blades. What You, you get the picture? This stuff is not hard. It's common sense. So Ronald Reagan's policies were great. Uh, people can argue all they want about this, that, and the other thing. And they said horrible things about him. But the world respected us. Matter of fact, Ronald Reagan destroyed communism in the Soviet Union. A threat that had been with us for decades. And he stood up to them and he was strong. And that worked. And you can argue, people can try and rewrite history. I was there. I saw what happened. Right? Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. Well, it didn't come down during Reagan's president. It came down to George Bush's uh, presidency. But that was a direct result of Ronald Reagan's work. He could, only, he could only run for two terms. So when we look at those kind of things, we say those policies were great. Then we had Bill Clinton, who started to go liberal with, you know, Hillary doing things. And he got, he got wiped up in the midterms and this and that. And, the other. and what did he do? He realized he wanted a legacy. So he worked with Newt Gingrich and came back towards the conservative center, and things were pretty good. Now, of course, at the end of his term, we had the uh, you know the technology bubble and all those bubbles because they were based on some. And I'm not going to pretend I knew the exact exact situation, but I know it was based on policy. Things happened, and then we had you know some trouble thereafter. Uh, we had some difficulty, but who did we get along the way? Well, George Bush, George W., right? Uh, You know, the son. And he was a president for two terms, but the press really destroyed him. This was the the full-on movement which shows us the power of the press and how they can destroy people. Things that they would talk about a conservative, the war effort, it's killing people, and they just pounded away every single day, and it wears these people down. It wears the country down. Right? So then we saw the George uh, Bush do well, and then they destroyed him by attacks on the media and, of course, the involvement in, uh, in Iraq and all of that, the, the, terrible, the terrible situation there. We, we should have done something different there, you know, going after uh, weapons that didn't exist or they did exist and they were moved. Or, who knows? But obviously he had his problems and out he went. His policies, though, were good. His economic policies were good. Then we we lose him, and as time goes by, like I said, you end up with uh, Barack Obama. Now, Barack Obama uh, is a very good speaker. He seems to be a very good husband and father. You know, he seems like a nice enough guy. It's his policies that are terrible. Was it was it good that Barack Obama was elected because he was our first African American president? There was some value to that, but. You have to look at, is it, is it more valuable to do face value things like uh, identity politics? Is that more important than running the country well so that we're safe and things work out? Which is better, right? Is there a time for, for some of these other? Of course there is. If somebody comes along and their policies are great, I don't care if they're black, white, brown, yellow, uh, Martians. I really don't care. It doesn't matter to me about somebody's race or who they love or what they do. What is their policy? That's what I go by. Is the policy good for me and my family and for my country or is it not? So Barack Obama was elected and he is a socialist. 
And he does seem to be pulling the strings behind the Biden administration. He seems to be still guiding that progressive left-wing movement. But we have to say, is, was there any value in that? No, those policies were bad. Then along comes who? Donald Trump. Now, take, say, take away all the nonsense that you want to say about the way his personality was. Yeah, we all know that. Were his policies good or bad? His policies were great. The country thrived. We were energy independent. You forget, people don't even consider how important that is. That we have our own energy. Everything. Everything that you do, every single day in your life, every piece of food you put in your face is based on energy costs. Right? Trucking, energy costs, manufacturing. Everything needs energy. Energy is the lifeblood of American economy. And Donald Trump's policies gave us energy independence. Matter of fact, we could then start supplying other people. We had so much uh, uh, energy to, to spare. It was great. And for whatever reason, probably the same thing that happened to George Bush, the media pounded him. Not only that, we had fake uh, we had fake attacks on him politically. We had the FBI um, weaponized, the Department of Justice weaponized to go after this guy over things that were ridiculous. A phone call. Meantime, we have all this evidence of what Joe Biden and his son Hunter and his brother and the whole family that they're involved in. And DOJ doesn't look at any of it. Won't, won't even open a case on it. Right? Why? Matter of fact, we have whistleblowers coming forward saying they were told, do not look at that laptop. Do not go anywhere near that. In the meantime, I just heard uh, Meathead the other day come out and blame the attack on Paul Pelosi on Donald Trump and what he does. And Trump should be indicted because of what happened to Paul Pelosi. And I liked Meathead when he was, uh, you know, on, on All in the Family. I thought he was an interesting character. And, he, you know, he's obviously he's a smart guy. He's a good director and all that. But his politics are kind of wacky, you know. And when we, we look at that, and we're going to talk about the Pelosi incident, we have to say... That these people that jump like that, and, and I knew as soon as I heard that, as soon as I heard that, I might as well go there now. You know, I hear Paul Pelosi was attacked in his home. This is horrible. This is horrible. That would be a burglary or home invasion and an attack on this guy, let alone the fact that he's an elderly man. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter that his politics or whatever they are are to the left totally different than mine. Anyone attacked in their home is horrible, which points to what? The crime problem. Now, where did the crime problem get completely out of control? Where are we living with? People are afraid in their cities. They won't go out. They're victimized. I think there's, what, eight, eight shovings or more than eight or ten shovings of people onto the, the subway tracks in New York? Unbelievable. So Paul Pelosi gets attacked in his home, and you can draw a direct line to the policies of California of let the criminals out, let the criminals be, leave the criminals alone. We have to make up for past uh, things. When criminals were put in jail, it wasn't fair. And here this guy almost gets murdered in his own home. A uh, very influential family, obviously, Speaker of the House, his husband. And what's the first thing that people do? They try and say, well, it's Trump's fault that this happened. No, it's not Trump's fault that this happened. It's the policies that led to crime being out of control that led to this. Right, so as soon as I heard that, I got suspicious. I said, you know what? I wonder how this is going to be twisted. Who is this guy? And the first thing we all know 
uh, about news reporting and when it comes to criminals. If the criminal is a left-wing nut, you're not going to hear anything about that. You're not going to hear about an association. You're not going to hear about anything that could, uh, you know, uh, uh, slice at any Democrat or liberal type of an association. You're not going to hear anything about it. If the guy was a conservative Republican, oh my gosh, he'd be a white supremacist. He would be a, a America hater. He'd be a January 6th nut. You would hear nothing but that. But because this guy apparently is not that, uh, according to his life mate, who's in prison for an abduction, uh, she came out and said that this guy, DePape, I think his name is, that attacked Paul Pelosi, uh, he's had mental illness for a long time, um, and he's been problematic and, and all these other things. Do you see the pattern? It's over and over. It's very clear. The, the reality of these things is when you look at the policies, and, and I have to say that for the first time in my life, it seems like we're in a fantasy land with these policies. They, they don't, they're, not, they're not bedded in any kind of reality. If you were to come here from another century, another time, or, or another planet and come down here and go, well, wh what's going on here with, with humanity? What are they talking about? Let's folk, what in America, what are they talking about? We can't decide what bathroom to use. Everyone's offended by everything. We have a constitution that half the, half the country is trying to get rid of because it doesn't allow them to have enough control over everybody. And we all walk around like, well, I guess this is okay. I guess we'll see what happens. I, I suppose this is good. I can't believe that we don't take a stronger stance as American citizens. That we don't realize when, when people want to purposely take away your free speech, this is something that will enslave you. Right? And well, well, well nobody believes it's really happening. You you're just a conspiracy nut if you think people are doing and then you look. We have a we have a an argument about killing little babies. So we don't talk about the babies, we ignore the babies. We, we, we completely ignore innocent little babies, little human lives of all races, creeds, religions everywhere that are, are killed constantly. That are, we, we're so far now the baby can be born and then we'll kill the baby. If we don't think that that is sick, I get the whole idea about abortion and, and maybe there could be a time, maybe there's a I think we can have that conversation. But the fact that we even argue that killing a little baby is the greatest thing in the world that we have to protect. Listen to what that is. You know, I understand. We can work on that. We can talk about it. Is there a time and a place? There probably could be, right? But we, we don't get anywhere by calling each other names and ignoring that. So this is, this is what goes on for reality in our country. We have crime out of control, where people are getting killed left and right. You can't go to the food store without getting attacked, being carjacked, being raped. And we look at that and say, well, uh, it's better than it was before when people just went to jail. And, and we, So what, what the argument there is, is that innocent people went to jail and people were just picked on because of their race, religion, all these other things, nothing to do with what they did, but with who they are. And let's just throw them in jail. And that wasn't right. Now, I hope 
that we're starting to come to our senses that we see that crime is real. The danger of crime is real. You can be hurt. You can be killed. Your family members can be hurt and killed. Doesn't matter the race, the religion, the creed, or anything of the criminal. It matters what they did, right? And if they did something criminal, we have to hold them to account so they don't hurt the rest of us, right? How does how does letting how does letting an entire um, set, and I'm talking about the whole country of criminals, no matter who they are, hurting and killing and maiming everywhere, how does that make it more fair? Really? Think about that. That makes it more fair that people can rape you, rob you, go into your home, and beat you over the head with a hammer, and, that well, that made everything fair. That is crazy thinking. That is crazy thinking. So when I see Paul Pelosi being attacked, uh, I feel bad that an elderly person had to go through that. I feel bad that any American had to go through that. But we're not getting the full story on this guy. And I think that's probably because even how, as his, his long-term life mate said, he doesn't really have uh, politics, but he kind of follows mine, and I'm very progressive. So you're not going to hear much about the guy. Um, one of the things that, that we see is that's how information is masked, right? Just like before Elon Musk, Twitter... Cut out conservatives, shadow banned, removed followers, controlled the message. Where do we see that in the world historically? Let's put on our thinking caps for a minute, shall we, my friends? Who tries to control the information you get? Now, first of all, the caveat is everybody. Everybody has a messaging. That's what every commercial you see on TV or everything that you see on the internet. Everything is messaging, trying to get you to do something. But when it comes to preventing you, from hearing speech, from thinking, from getting the truth. That is a governmental situation, and that is Soviet style. That is what socialism does. That's what communism does, right? I'm not against fairness and making sure everybody is happy and healthy and gets health care. No, I'm against socialism and communism because it kills us. It destroys our freedom. It destroys our country. And that's why I have that opinion. Not because I don't want it to be fair. I want me to be on top of the pile and everyone else to stay down. That's ridiculous. I want all of us to rise. I want all of us to rise. Imagine a country where you could decide to start a business and you can be a, a kid who comes from nothing. And you can create a business, get an idea, and then sell that idea because people want it. How awesome would that be? Well, that's called America. So listen, we'll be back in a minute with more Chasing Justice here on the America Out Loud Radio Network. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. All right, you've all heard Malcolm and the great Dr. Peter McCullough talk about the pulpitone iodine-based nasal spray Cofix RX. 
They talk about it because it's a product that actually works in combating colds, flus, and coronaviruses. Copix is made in the USA and recommended by thousands of doctors and pharmacists nationwide. It's simple. By attacking viruses where they incubate, you make it easier for your body to heal. Check out the Copix RX banner ad on AmericaOutloud.com and save 20% by using promo code OUTLOUD. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. All right, everybody, come on back in. Come on in. Take a seat, everybody. Line up. We're going to uh, continue on with Chasing Justice here. You know, I want to take a minute to tell you about the Healthy Cell products. Uh, I know I take the immune boost, immune boost, and I've been telling you about it. I tell you about it because it actually works. I like it. Uh, you know, just coming through th this early part of the season here, you know, people getting hay fevers and people are starting to get sick and this and that. I can't tell you. I'm a healthy guy. I'm a pretty healthy guy, but I always get these uh, sinus infections. I get bronchitis at least once a year. I've been taking this healthy cell, and I got through the winter, through the summer. I'm crushing the fall. I, I can feel something start to come on, and then boom, it's gone. The only thing I'm doing differently is taking the healthy cell every day. And I've tried vitamins before. You know, you open up the bottle, you eat the bottle, this and that. This stuff is completely different. I don't know what makes it completely different. I'm not a scientist, but I follow the science. But I find that since I've been taking it, I have found an absolute difference in how I feel, how I can fight off colds. And I'm going to tell you, uh, if you're looking for something to help yourself, look at the Healthy Cell products. They're all over the network here. Uh, I like the Immune Boost. They make one for sleeping if you're having problems sleeping. And they make one for focus, to help you focus uh, if you're starting to lose your focus. Loop. So if you're out of focus... Take a look at Healthy Cell. All those products are excellent, and uh, I, I really do believe in them. So I just want you to know that because I care about you, uh, my friends here in Chasing Justice Land. All right, so we started talking about uh, Elon Musk taking over Twitter and how that there's freedom, and I'm back out there uh, on their platform. I just couldn't stand the nonsense that went with it. I wasn't going to give them power, but if it's going to be free speech, then anybody should be able to say what they're going to say. The danger... Uh, that they're going to try and face it, that you don't want nuts. You don't want people being hateful on there. You don't want people uh, calling for things that you know are criminal. But at the same time, people have a right to voice their opinion. So where if you went on there and you talked about the American Revolution and the concepts that led to the American Revolution, our original burst of freedom, in today's modern world, you were considered a dangerous person. That's, that's, in, that's history, and it was all bad history. It never should have happened. Uh, 
But people look at that and they compare the tyranny of that time of the English government and how they controlled the colonies and how they strangled the people here, uh, how they used the military to enforce absolute rule, tyrannical rule. I mean, he's king. King is, is, is a tyrant. But how we threw that off when we saw it, saw the danger it was to us, we threw it off. Well, in modern times, lots of people see a direct correlation between what's going on now, the diminution of our free speech rights, the banning of certain people, the fake news media that only tells you one side of a story, the fact that people are calling for the arrest and, and jailing of people who have conservative, or people who believe in America are, are horrible, hateful people. When you start to see that, I could see where people start to see this and go, you know what? Uh, we, should, we should return to our roots of freedom and liberty and constitution. Well, today, that can get you canceled or land you in jail or, or accused of some horrible crime. Right? Through history, through history in our country, when people were upset with a policy or something the government was doing, what was commonplace to do? Well, that was to go to Washington and let your voice be heard. How many, how many uh, rallies were held in the 1960s for civil rights and get out of the war and all of that? And there was hundreds of thousands of people marched on, on Washington, D.C., screamed and hollered and yelled. And that was considered the greatest expression of free speech. It was applauded and it was wonderful. When that happens in this modern world, we call it a tragedy, a traitorism to America. It has to be banned and stamped out. Now, January 6th, there were some bad things that happened and people who broke into a building and shouldn't have, they should be arrested for burglary or trespassing or whatever. If they destroyed property, they should be held accountable for destroying property. They had every right, though, to go to the Capitol and let their voices be heard because that's what everyone else says. Didn't Kamala Harris say that when the, when the riots were going on in 2020? Didn't she come out and incite violence by our modern standards? By saying the people that are burning, looting, and destroying the place? Their voices have to be heard. And they, they're not going to stop doing that. And they shouldn't stop. That's a approval of what was going on. Is there a DOJ case against her? Is there anything going on against Kamala Harris, the vice president? Saying that she incited riots real riots that caused billions in damage, losses of lots and lots of lives, as opposed to what they're trying to twist what Trump said at that rally. I understand you can go down there and let your voice be heard. That's what the, the, the cry has been from Americans since we have been uh, created as a country. We marched to tell the king to leave us alone, to get the hell out of here. We marched through all the years to end slavery. We marched over and over to change the, the, way the, the way the country functioned in the 60s, to overcome some of the evils that we did have here, right? That was perfect, but now it's considered anti-American. It's, it's dangerous. You have to shut those people down. Go past the rhetoric about that. What they're saying is there's no place for anybody's voice really but the government, and the government will determine what your free speech is, and the government will determine what you should be thinking about, and the government will determine what is good and what is bad, what is fair and what is unfair. They will set the rules, and they will enforce the rules based on them. Doesn't that change 
the opening lines of our founding documents. We, the people, right? We, the people, control our lives, not the government. The government is there to help organize us so that we can live our lives. But we don't live in that world today. And this is one of those things, you know, they tell you, you throw, the, uh, throw a frog in a, in, a, in a bucket of water and turn the heat up and slowly, slowly, slowly it gets warmer till it kills the frog. And the frog won't jump out because it's comfortable and it gets warm and it's night and then it's too late. And that's what a lot of people are feeling and seeing. When I talk to people, this is, there's a, such a level of frustration among so many people out there because they see all these injustices happening. See, there was a time when there was when an injustice was noticed and seen that it was it was a it was your duty to speak out against it. Now when you see injustice, depending on what party you're in, who's in power, whether or not you have any right to speak out against it. Whether or not the media will pile on you and tell you you have no right to notice that. You will you will only notice what we tell you to notice, and if you see anything else, you're a danger. So I think this is important. This is important for us to all consider because we're, we're in that pot of water. We're like the frogs in that pot of water, and the water is getting warmer and warmer, and people are very, very concerned about it. We are split in a way in this country we never have been before. I think we all know that. We feel it. We see it. And if we, if we can't find some way to come together, then I don't know where this goes. I've said this before. How, how long, how sustainable is, people, is it possible for people to live at such a level on both sides of the arguments, of every argument, that it's unfair, it's unjust, it's unright, it's not this, it's not good to me, I don't like it, I want to change it, I hate it, I'll fight for it. We both sides feel very, very strong on every one of these issues. And how long can we maintain this position of roiling, boilingness before what happens? It boils over, the frog will get cooked up. That, that's inevitable, right? That's not conspiracy theory. That's not uh, pushing people to do bad things. That's pointing out a reality of how things work. How much do people put up with before they change the parameters of how things go. And that's what I foresee. And every great revolution has come to that point. Every great change. When you quit a job, don't you find, you're so sick of the job, you can't stand it anymore, but you put up with it because you have reasons to put up with it. And then for whatever reason you get to the, I, I've had enough. And you leave. You leave the job. We end relationships that way. I've had enough of this person. I can't stand. And then there's a break point and we move on. Right? Well, these things happen all the time, and that's, that's what I think a lot of people are feeling in our country today. Uh, and because, because we don't have truth, we don't have somebody, people called out uh, appropriately, right, with facts. You know, you go to, um, go watch the press, the, uh, the White House press um, secretary. And she comes out there and she'll, she'll spew a line and she'll have to walk back something. Biden says, gas is only $3.29 a gallon here in America, uh, from down from $5 when I took office. Now, that's not true. When he took office, gas was uh, $2 and something a gallon. It wasn't $5. It went up to $5 because of him and his policies. But 
that's where somebody says, Mr. President, here's the facts. I happen to have this fact right here. The day you took office, the average price of gasoline was $2.38 or whatever it was. Right? So it wasn't $5 a gallon when you took office and you made it so much better bringing it down to $3.29. That's a lie. We should all be able to acknowledge that. Yeah, well, we say, well you know, he's, he's got a little problem, but, he's, but his policies are great. Sure, loaf of bread, now $4, gallon of milk, $6, whatever it is by you. Uh, I th- they're saying now the statistic is showing that the average family is paying between five and $8,000 a year more for the same things that they had last year. Well, I don't know about you, but unless you've gotten a raise of 10000 a year, which most people do not get, you're behind the ball. You're way behind the ball. And why is that? Well, it's Trump's fault. Trump did it. He Trump. No, Trump left us with a beautiful, humming, beautiful economy, even though we had COVID going on, right? COVID, put, COVID knocked the hell out of our, our country. It also demonstrated to us very clearly that even if you were to say the governmental forces that were out there really believed that locking down especially in the beginning, if we, uh, what was it, lockdown for 15 days, everybody stay home, see if we can flatten the curve on this uh, on this virus, this, that, and the other thing, because it was dangerous. People were dying, no doubt about it. It was very, very bad virus when this first thing came out. It, it attacked lots and lots of people. But we saw how quickly governments that were more progressive, more left-wing, would jump on that opportunity to totally control the population. You saw people drunk with power. You still see it. You still see it. They were drunk with this power to control businesses. And, and I, I look at it this way. If you give them the benefit of the doubt and say that they initially thought this caught us by surprise. It was bad. People were dying. Our, our medical systems were being overwhelmed. Okay, this was pretty bad. This came out of nowhere. It's a hundred years epidemic. We have them every couple hundred years. And we have to do something drastic to stop this one. Okay. Let's give everybody the benefit of the doubt. We all believed that. But did we see complete transparency about this virus? No. We saw the controversies. This is where you started to see if you had a different point of view than the government point of view about this uh, virus and the medications and the treatments and, or non-treatments around this uh, medical condition, you would get yourself in unbelievable amounts of trouble. They would put you in jail. They would do all kinds of things to you. We saw people who only wanted to run their businesses arrested and fined thousands of dollars for simply running their business because they would not cooperate with the shutdown. Now, what was the purpose of that? I'm going to give it the benefit of the doubt and say, listen, this is so important that even though this is going to be very damaging to lots of our, our economy and everything, we have got to stop this in its tracks. And if that means businesses get ruined and people's financially are destroyed, we'll have to figure out some way to, to recover from that. But we have got to shut down. Okay. I can see that, that if that's, if that's exactly what it was. But it wasn't that. And we're finding all that out now. Most of us who, who paid attention and really followed the science, not the government science, the real science... Right? Those who followed that stuff kind of understood that, yeah, the disease was very bad and it was running rampant and it was hurting a lot of people and maybe we needed to do something to try and slow it down. But we didn't do everything we could have done. We didn't treat it 
like the normal way we have all come accustomed to medicine, the medicine world, doing the right thing. Immediately, there was a, uh, a declaration that this was not the Chinese fault. Chinese didn't do this. Didn't come out of the lab. Came out of a bat factory or a bat, uh, a bat soup. That's where it came out, a bat soup. Well, how come, how come it's, it's still not in the... Where, where's those facts on that? Show us where in the bat population this particular strain was and how it jumped the line to humans. Well, suddenly, for whatever reason, and you can fill in the blanks there, you were not allowed to ask that question. You were not allowed to question the Chinese. You know, the communist Chinese who, who will destroy us the first chance they get and who also pay billions of dollars to lots of politicians on both sides of the aisle in America? You're not allowed to speak ill of those people. You're not allowed to question that this happened or you will be destroyed, right? And this is when we started to see the schism from truth. Where was the truth here? Where was the, the medical doctors that came out and said, hey, there are ways to treat this. They were repudiated. They were shut down. They were losing their medical lights. They were fired because they weren't following the government line. Is that what we want? Wouldn't it have been better for the government to say, listen, we have our experts and our experts are saying A, B, C, and D is the best thing to protect yourself and your family from this terrible virus. And medical people who have a different opinion say, well, we can see where you think that, but here's how we think we can treat it. And then you, the individual American, you decide what's best for you and your family. Is that what was allowed to happen? No, there were medical treatments out there that were not explored. The only thing there was was the virus and the vaccine, the approved vaccines. And then they were mandated. Now, were there people who were injured by this vaccine who died? Yes, there were. Lots and lots of them, many more times any other kind of uh, uh, vaccine that's been out there. If 50 people die from a vaccine, it's pulled off the market. There are thousands and thousands of people who died from this vaccine, who had strokes, who had all kinds of uh, heart-related problems, young people with heart problems because of it. But the government line was, you will get vaccinated or you'll get fired from your job. You will get vaccinated or you won't be able to go to school. You'll get vaccinated or we will destroy you. Could you imagine that that's exactly what went on and has been going on? How did we get to a place like that in America? Where we, we had such, like we just had the New York Supreme Court tell New York City that they have to hire back all the people that they fired who wouldn't take the vaccine. We're starting to come to our senses now. So the overall, what I'm looking at this, and I don't want to get into the argument again about the vaccine and this and that. The reality is there was lots of points of view that were valid, but only certain ones you were allowed to hear about. And if you bucked that, the power of government came after you. Where else does that happen? Socialist and communist countries, not in America, at least not supposed to. You were supposed to be able to be an adult and make a decision for yourself and your family. And like I said, give them the benefit of the doubt. 15 days, let's lock down. But then they blocked all the other information that was contrary to that, and they kept us in lockdown, especially in our, in our blue states, our, our liberal states. That power, that they were drunk with that power, they could tell you what to do, how to run the business, how to run the economy. And then they spent trillions of dollars to pay people not to go to work that we see the lasting effects is that we have worker shortages. 
We see our supply chain has been devastated. You can't get things. Now we see these policies are leading to, hey, guess what? Winter's coming and you're going to have 7 and $8 a gallon oil for people who, especially in the Northeast, that heat their homes with oil. Well, I got to tell you, a 200-gallon tank, right, at $8 a gallon, that's $1,600. 200 gallons will probably last you two months or so. Then you got to do another $1,600 to get through the winter. You might have to have three dumps of six of 200 gallons to get through the winter. You know how much that's going to cost people? People that don't have that extra income, they don't have $8,000 laying around for higher bills, higher food, higher gasoline, higher everything, because nobody got a $10,000 raise. So it's end up cutting into your ability to take care of your family. And the pandemic showed us how fast certain members of our government would be to use absolute power over you and control your complete life, destroy your business, destroy your livelihood, destroy you, and tell you when and where you can and cannot go outside. Isn't that a little frightening? Isn't that, uh, isn't that frightening and revealing that you get a glimpse into that? And we just saw it. We just saw it clearly. So cutting, cutting out our rights, getting, trying to get rid of the Constitution because it's in the way, uh, government total control over your life is something that should concern you. So when it comes to elections, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. You have to make your own decision to vote for. Me, I vote for people whose policies are going to promote freedom, liberty, and justice for me and for my family. That's what I look at. I look for people whose policies are going to help the economy to grow, not through government giveaways, but through men and women who are out there working hard to create things, do things, provide things. Right? Our, our, our first responders. Oh, that was another one. Right? We attacked law enforcement. Do you think that had anything to do with uh, the increasing crime? When you attack law enforcement, you go after cops for doing their job. You want to put them in jail for doing their job. Right? Isn't that, is that a good thing to do? Let me tell you, I was in law enforcement for 27 years as an active duty uh, police investigator. And sometimes law enforcement work goes sideways. Even with the best of intentions, it can go sideways. You know why? Because you're not dealing with, uh, with uh, a piece of wood. You're not dealing with um, inanimate. You're dealing with human beings that come uh, with all kinds of uh, activities on their mind. Good, bad, evil, and otherwise. And when you have to police that, when you have to enforce safety and law so that people can go about their lives... Sometimes it goes sideways and it goes bad. Now, I'm not talking about the cops who purposely do the wrong things. I don't like them either. And they should be weeded out of the profession. But the vast, gigantic majority of every law enforcement officer group out there, these are men and women who want to do the right thing, just like our military. They want to protect and serve the innocent, the weak, from the evil and the powerful. And when we attack them, what do you see happen? Cops back off. Why would they back off? Because nobody wants to get indicted for doing their job. I'm telling you, this is your job. I want you to do your job. But if you do your job, we're going to indict you, put you in prison, ruin your family. So what we have now is an increase in crime. We have weak-kneed politicians who are ordering the cops to back off. You're not going to arrest people for certain things. We're going to ignore those laws. We're only going to enforce these laws. We're only going to enforce certain laws on certain people. Other people, we're going to completely ignore the laws. 
How, how, is that, how is that sustainable? How is that good for any of us? How does that make a country where we can all thrive? How, how does that happen? It doesn't. What you see is exactly what you get when these policies are put in place, right? When these policies are put in place. So one of the things that we see, you know, the, the ongoing border crisis, this is horrific for the people who are trying to get here and like I've said all the time, I think most of them are trying to get here for a better life. And I, I can't blame them for, for desiring that. But, you know, my, my neighbor has a really cool Corvette. I really desire that. I don't just walk over and take it and drive away with it, right? You have to follow rules and laws. And for people that are coming here, um, people who are coming here and they're coming here illegally, uh, it's, it's a burden on them to bring their families. And most of them are not families. That's another myth that the media is telling you. It's mostly single men. Um, and they're, they're coming here. They have to fight their way to get here. They've lost hundreds of people have died along the journey. How many thousands of women and children have been sexually assaulted along the way? How many people have been sold into sexual slavery by the cartels that are running this whole thing? And we sit by as Americans and we watch this tragedy. I'm not just talking about you know, coming across the border and coming here uh, as a tragedy. I'm talking about the human loss, the human loss of life and dignity and the assaults that are taking place to these people that everybody says they care about because there's an ulterior motive. The ulterior motive is they're going to vote for us. So we, we need to replace the voters who see that we're BS here so we can move forward. We're going to bring you people who are going to be so happy that we let them in. They're going to vote for us and we stay in power. That is corrupt. That is horrific. That there are people dying in truckloads, literally truckloads, trying to get here because we have announced that this border is open while we turn around and say, oh no, the border's secure, absolute secure border. But the president and the vice president won't go down there because they don't go down there because they don't want to actually see it because then the media might have to report that President Biden and Vice President uh, Harris are standing there watching this horrific abuse of human beings coming across the border because of their policies with them standing right there looking at it and doing nothing to change it. And this is my point. Initially, it was inappropriate to break the law and come here to cut the line and come here without doing the right thing. Now, the humanitarian crisis that they have created is devastating to those people that they say they care about. And we do nothing about it. Matter of fact, if you talk about it, you're a racist. You're a racist. That's all they throw at you. That's all they have. As opposed to going, well, did you go down there and actually see what's happening to those little children, to those women? Have you actually seen these victims of your ideas? No. You haven't. You won't. Because your, your policy is to get them in here by hook or crook, give them amnesty, and then they're all going to vote for us. That is a corruption. That is horrifying. And at some point, because as most of you know, I, I do believe in God, that God is out there and God is watching. And eventually we all have to stand there before God and explain ourselves. I know, I think I'm a pretty good guy and I'm still going to have a really hard time explaining myself. Imagine people that are doing this, what they're going to have to go through. So it's about policy. It's about how how we do these things and why we do them. You know, we do need immigration. We do. 
but we need certain kinds of immigration. We need people to come in and fill jobs we need filled, technology, whatever. If we need laborers, set up a plan so people can come and work, make their money, and then go back home. doesn't mean they have to come and be a citizen. If, if they have to come and get all kinds of services, we can't afford to provide. Right, so there's lots going on out there. So along that line, we did see that Governor um, Governor Ducey in Arizona, <laughs> this guy is something. Like I say, I like him. When they stopped building the wall, it left huge gaps. Now, walls don't work. Walls don't work. Uh, well, I guess the Pelosi's are finding that out now, right? They have a wall. Why do they have a wall? To keep people out? Well, nobody was watching the wall, so somebody got in. But they all say, walls don't work. We don't need the walls. They fight you tooth and nail for the wall. That's already been paid for, and all it had to do is be set up. The problem is that walls do work. And that's the bottom line. This is None of this is by accident. And that is the biggest tragedy of all of that. Everything that America is suffering today is not the result of Putin's war, it's not the result of Trump's uh, terrible tweets. It's not the fault of all this nonsense that we're told. The suffering that every American is living through right now, including the consternation and the, 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 the pain of being separated from everybody because of all these, these horrible things that we, we all see things differently. Instead of talking it out, all of this is based on policy and every single bit of it is on purpose. So keep that in mind, my friends, as you go forward. It's time to vote. Do what you think is right. This is Lieutenant Joe for Chasing Justice. We'll see you down the road. Be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem.